And welcome back to the Crown Refs Podcast for episode 112. This is another daily burst from the bubble. This is volume four as we break down the Boston Celtics versus Toronto Raptors in game six of the Eastern Conference semifinals today. Our featured official is Sean Wright. And this is a, a just a really informative episode led by our host, John Madison, who breaks down some of the rule changes that occurred in 2017 and 2018, which inspired this decision for this current play, um, and talks about a couple other rule changes that occurred in the NBA. A little bit of a historical perspective if you're you know, really into uh, following NBA referees. So hope you enjoy this episode. It's a 16-minute clip. Let us know what you think. Have a great day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Daily Burst from the Bubble, Volume 4. I'm John Madison, your host. And in this volume, we're going to be highlighting the Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics game six. And our featured official in this volume is Sean Wright. And he's actually the trail official in the play, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, But just a quick intro, trail official Sean Wright calls a flagrant foul on Marcus Smart as he doesn't allow Fred Van Fleet to complete his shooting motion. And this play will take, take place in the third quarter with seven minutes left. And the Raptors were trailing by four to the Celtics, 58 to 62. In the fourth volume of Daily Burst Level, we spotlight game six, as I said. And our play comes with seven minutes, 36 seconds left in the third quarter in a very tight game, which eventually ended up, if you can remember, needing two overtime periods to decide the winner. Um, so we're going to get into the play here um, as it begins with Fred Van Fleet bringing up the ball and setting up for a three-point shot. But as always... Before we get into the play itself, we're going to highlight our official Sean Wright, who is in the trail position. So stay tuned for Sean Wright. As always, before we dive into the featured play, let's introduce our official Sean Wright, who is number four in our featured play. So Sean's going into his 15th season as an NBA official. Um, He's officiated over 842 regular season games, as well as 53 playoff games, so he's no stranger to the spotlight. And it's always interesting, at least for me, um, to see the journey of each official as, you know, that they've taken to get to the NBA. Um, In Wright's case, he officiated the NBA G League, where he worked the 2004 playoffs and 2005 finals. And before getting his big break into the NBA, um, Sean officiated at the collegiate level and worked in many conferences, such as the SEC, Big South, Ohio Valley, um, as well as the Atlantic Sun Conference. And actually had the opportunity to officiate the men's division two tournament in 2004. So something that I've noticed in, in terms of every burst from the bubble so far, um, each official has made the, the journey and it may sound obvious, but from high school to collegiate to G league to eventually the NBA. So it's kind of a pattern that I've been seeing. I'm curious if you guys have seen similar things, if there's NBA officials, officials that you've been following um, in your experience, if you notice that, you know, they've gone from collegiate to G League to NBA, or if they made the jump from Division One to NBA, or even Division Two to NBA, um, we'd be curious to, to hear from you if you know any officials who um, have gone through that path. But just wanted to give a quick intro to Sean Wright, his 15th NBA season, hailing from Georgia, um, and went to Spring Hill College, where he got his NBA at the University of mobile in 1996 so that's Sean Wright and we're going to get into the play and the specific mechanics and positionings that Sean executes to perfection 
All right, on to the mechanics and positioning portion of volume four. Our featured play starts with Van Fleet launching a three-point field goal with seven minutes left in the third. And if you, you're, if you can remember watching this game, the flow of the game at this moment um, wasn't necessarily a fast break play, but it was a transition from a missed shot from the Celtics. Um, so let's take a look at Wright's positioning, our featured official, Sean Wright, um, when he makes his shooting foul call. Um, an area that can get officials in trouble is if they're quote-unquote stacked, and that's something that I just like to call when officials are um, kind of right on top of each other in terms of um, official, then it's player-player. So uh, the official and then the defensive player and then the offensive player. Um, some officials call it not having a good angle. Some call it being straight-lined. But I like to call it being stacked just because you're in a stacked position um, on top of two players. So um, for further context on that, it, it may be confusing at – um, first, um, if you're hearing that for the first time, that term, but think of it like a single file line. You as an official never want to be lined up directly with the play. And something that I strive to do is something, you know, that, that we've said before, but when it comes to angles, um, just making sure that you have your best angle and just a way to ensure that you do have a good angle is to avoid being stacked. Um, now back onto the play, I'm going to play it here, but Wright does an excellent job hustling down to the play and positioning himself um, like the professional he is. And he must've been reading volume three where um, we really discuss being a positioning pro, which is, not, which is a point that we really hit home on on volume three, but it's difficult to see at first glance in the video clip, but you'll notice, right? Evaluate the play, um, watch the shooting motion, looking for illegal contact on the way up and then focus his attention on um, on the landing and the shooter's safety. So um, there's, there's more than just the shooting motion. Um, and Wright did a perfect job on looking at the play, seeing if there's contact on the way up, and then looking for illegal contact on the way down and making sure that Van Fleet has um, enough room to land safely. So that being said, just a few action steps that you can take after watching this play by Sean. Um, two th concepts jumped out right away from me. I'm just going to keep playing the play in the background here. But number one, the shot, the upward shooting motion. You're looking for legal contact on the shooter's arm, body, and hands as um, the shooter is releasing the ball, as well as when the shooter is in midair. Number two is the landing. So you're, what I like to do, and um, something that you can take home here, is um, when you're looking for legal contact on the way down after the shooter has released the ball, um, you can. this can also be applied um, when an offensive player is throwing a pass and he goes airborne, you want to make sure that um, the defensive player does give that offensive player enough room to land safely. And we'll get into that a little bit more in the play calling section, but those above two points may sound like common sense, but many officials, me included, can sometimes watch the shot release and then um, think that the play is over and focus our attention on something else. So it's very important to watch the entire play from shot to landing. Um, and focus the entire way up and down rather than staying into the um, rather than looking away and um, bringing your attention somewhere else. So that's the mechanics and positioning um, and really just sum, summing it up, stay focused on your coverage for the entire shooting motion, um, the release and the landing, and you'll be in a great spot to make the track. Moving on to the play calling section of volume four, um, 2017 was a big year for NBA officiating. 
and I'm sure you can remember and are familiar with what we call the Kawhi rule, and some know it as the Zaza rule. Um, but there were two big rules that were implementing that really helps the game and made it a safer space for, for everyone involved in 2017. And I'm going to share a video here, but um, Zaza from the Golden State Warriors in 2017 playoffs didn't allow Kawhi Leonard to land safely on his jump shot. And the result of the play was actually um, causing an injury for Leonard and what really allowed the NBA to now consider these fouls flagrant, um, which is which, which is what this play is for between Marcus Smart and Fred Van Fleet. Um, so that was one big rule that was implemented in 2018. Um, but one, uh, one other rule that was implemented was to ensure jump shooters um, are in their upward shooting motion when determining if a perimeter foul is worthy of free throws. So this eliminated all of the swinging after completing a pump fake, which further encouraged player safety. And I'm sure you can remember James Harden doing this move all the time where you do, he did a pump fake and then his defender jumped and he would jump and lean into his defender. And that would be considered a shooting foul every time. Um, but in 2018, they took that away, which I thought was a wonderful move by the NBA, just to encourage player safety um, and just make the game flow much better. So let's get back into the play here. Um, if you can remember, Fred Van Fleet went up and released the ball with no illegal contact being made. However, the foul on Marcus Smart comes on the way down as Smart doesn't give Van Fleet room to land safely. Um, and if you can go to volume four, the, the article that we wrote up on crownrefs.com, we took a snippet of the rule book from the NBA and you'll be able to read um, the specifics of what this foul call actually was made. And that's uh, a great place for you to look and just quiz yourself on, um, is this a flagrant? When is a flagrant needed, um, et cetera. But I'm not going to get into that here. But now that we know what a flagrant foul is, um, these NBA officials in this game, Sean Wright, um, they went to the monitor. Um, they wanted to make sure was it unnecessary contact made by Marcus Smart as well. Even though it doesn't appear Smart intended to follow Van Fleet, this doesn't come into play when determining if a play is a foul or not. And as the NBA says, and um, their officials always state, um, the defender extends his leg and doesn't allow the shooter to return to his normal position. They're reviewing it to see if unnecessarily, unnecessary or reckless. Usually when an offensive player comes down on top of the foot, they consider this a flagrant foul one. And if you're watching the TV broadcast, that's what the booth said. Um, but that's really the play calling segment of it. And it all stemmed from Kawhi Leonard and the Zaza role, um, which I thought was a great move for the league. Now, a few things that you can take away from this um, is to touch up on your non-common foul knowledge. And what I mean by that is, of course, we don't wish for flagrant fouls to occur in games we ref, but we must be prepared at all times. Um, and here's two, uh, two ideas for you that, that I've taken and have worked well for me. Number one, the day of your next game, take a read through your association's rule book. Um, it's a great refresher of the rules you may have not heard or had to call in a while. And I know that sounds nerdy, but has really helped me out. Number two, um, your pregame with your crew, spend some time going over specific instances or situations that you may not be too familiar with. How many shots do we award for a technical foul? What happens if a player is injured on a foul call and can't complete his free throws? Things like that, just so that in the time that this situation does come up, 
you're ready to go and you know what to do and you'll look like a professional doing it. Like I just said, 2018 was a big year for NBA officials in terms of implementing new rules. And that one that I mentioned was the Zaza or the Kawhi rule. And we're just going to take a look at the play that really changed the game um, in terms of calling flagrant fouls when defenders don't give the offensive player enough room to land as with this Marcus Smart Fred Van Fleet. So take a look at um, 2017 playoffs between the San Antonio Spurs and Golden State Warriors. Now this wasn't a, a common foul that, you know, they called flagrants back in the day um, in terms of 2017 and earlier. So it was a major shock at the time that the foul was called, but I think the officials did a wonderful job in ensuring player safety here. So let's take a look um, at the replay here. And you can see here, this was more exaggerated than Marcus Smart on Fred Van Fleet in today's volume, um, as Pachulia didn't give Leonard enough room to land one bit and actually shuffles into Kawhi Leonard. So that's the play that I was referencing earlier um, and ended up hurting Kawhi Leonard. So NBA officials um, and the NBA as a whole did a great job in implementing this new flagrant foul rule. Last but not least, the game management and communications section Managing the game after a big play call is made is vital for the rest of the contest. Um, and obviously, as you'll hear if you're watching this broadcast on television, this game was starting to get chippy. And the officials did an outstanding job keeping things under control, making the right decision with the flagrant one foul, as well as communicating with each other um, and going to the monitor. I thought that was key to the success of getting this call right. And having a crew that understands and protects the player's safety um, is important and will only encourage respectful and useful communication between coaches, players, as well as stellar referees. And while Smart may not have meant to foul Van Fleet, after watching the replay, he does see that he did invade the shooter space. And if, if players and coaches can acknowledge that us as officials are striving to not only make the correct basketball call according to the rule book, but also looking to protect players from injury, it's going to be a smooth game for you. Um, last item here. Um, the bubble burst. So if you're in a rush and just want to get a quick hitter, uh, volume four, let's, let's run through it. So number one, mechanics and positioning. Avoid being stacked. You may have been taught to stand in a Sigma foul line in grade school, but in officiating, that's a no-no. Being a positioning pro is one thing, but if you can always strive to have the best angle on the play at hand, um, instead of having to reach your head around or um, peek or lean to get an angle, you're always going to be in the most ideal spot to make the correct call. And Sean did a great job and does a perfect um, is a perfect example of, of being behind the shooter and defender in order to see the illegal contact eventually um, instead of being stacked. And he does a wonderful job and, and warrants taking a flag at one foul. Number two, we showcase the Zaza rule, the Kawhi rule, whatever you want to call it. Um, but allowing sufficient space for the shooter to land is needed on all jump shots and or airborne passes. And lastly, Game communication and management. Make it clear from the tip that you're here to officiate the game the way it should be um, and to ensure player safety as well as getting every um, play right in terms of your angle, your positioning, your crew. Um, but just make that clear from the, from the tip in terms of your body language, hustling up and down the court, communicating with coaches when needed um, in order to best serve the game. And that's, that's a wrap for volume four. If you have questions about the play at hand or anything rule-wise or 
um, anything of that nature, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to connect with you. If you're not subscribed to our newsletter, which goes out every Sunday, you're going to want to get on that as well. So send us a message if you'd be wanting to be included on that. Well, that's volume four. This is John signing off. Serve the game. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Serve the game. This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is sponsored by RefereeStore.com. At RefereeStore.com, we know that being a referee is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's why we make it easy for you to find the right referee shirts, pants, and accessories for your games. Looking to stand out? We carry referee-designed products you cannot find anywhere else. We carry gear for football, soccer, hockey, baseball, and basketball referees designed to meet all required standards. This month, RefereeStore.com is offering a 15% discount for all listeners of the Crown Refs podcast. Just enter coupon code CROWN15 at checkout, then click apply to get your 15% off your next order. So if you're buying gear for this season, I don't know what your situation is, but definitely take advantage of that Crown Refs discount. RefereeStore.com and Crown Refs, serving the game.